This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Thursday, April 30th, 2020. It's Moto Edge Plus Review Day, and my guest is Michael Fisher, Mr. Mobile himself. Hi, Michael. How are you? Miriam, I'm very well, thank you. I'm um, relaxed because I always get very soothed when I hear that intro. Um, but Aww. about halfway through it this time, I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm on the show. I can't <laughs> just sit back and listen. I have to do work. So I'm, I'm less relaxed, but I feel great. Well, I'm glad to hear you're somewhat relaxed because... <laughs> I'm feeling pretty relaxed too. This is actually not the usual time for me. Usually I try to do it when I wake up, which is like late morning, my Ah. time, which is like for you, like probably evening by that because you're like in the future. But it's interesting because, you know, this is uh, with a coffee, this is a good time of day. I have a coffee in one hand. So I think we're good. So do I. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're both armed with with the caffeine and I have the manic touch of somebody who's just posted a video after three hours of sleep. So I, I apologize. I think in we're advance. both in the same boat. Like this <laughs> Moto Edge embargo that lifted this morning mm-hmm. was pretty intense, I think, for a lot of people because we only really had a week. And this is like a yeah. big deal for Moto. It's such a, supposed to be their big comeback, right? Right. Right. And uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, that, that being said, there is nothing like starting a day with a big deal video, you know? Sometimes I know, right? Yeah. You're like, okay, oh, cool. We get to talk about something of import. I just wish there hadn't been a hands-on uh, uh, announcement at like a week ago. Because I feel like a week ago, everybody already made up their mind. Yeah. And it's hard not to because, you know, this is, I think, kind of the gift that we have as, as creators and journalists or whatever you want to call us uh, in tech is that we kind of touch something for a short time and have a pretty good feel how it's going to pan out, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. we're wrong, but most of the time I think we're pretty good. And my gut feeling from the moment I touched this thing in February in Chicago was this is a bonafide, totally awesome, really nice flagship from Moto, but, but and the big butts started rolling mm-hmm. out of my mouth after that, you know? Mm-hmm. And the biggest one for me is the Verizon exclusive. It's um kind of killing it for me. 100%. Yeah, I think I, I you talked about this last on last week's episode, I think with uh, Daniel Bader. And uh, I was simpatico with you. I was like, yep, I, I basically I think I, I almost yelled in the briefing phone call <laughs> I had where I was like, I'm sorry, God, this isn't this is this is going to be a question. But first, I'm just going to say what I see in the comments all the time, which is, why do you guys always do this? Why do you always shut out people who are not on Verizon? For your most important, most impressive phones, and as I expected, I really didn't get a get a good answer on that. I mean, I think Bader really nailed it last week. It's like they are between a rock and a hard place. Like, how do you, you know, they're not a very relevant company. It's like HTC or LG, right? It's like you mm-hmm. kind of have to be in bed with the carriers in some way to get ahead or to get the attention. At least that's, I think, what both sides here are thinking the the moto side and the verizon side i'd like to think that they could break that in the same way as lg could break that and maybe i'm naive maybe the carriers will just turn around and not give them the time of day if they decide to do to not do an exclusive i'm always very interested in what those back room deals look like you know i i would love to be a spider under the table at one of these meetings because you know there's 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 licensing deals, there's money, there's advertising deals changing hands, and I I just 
I would be very interested in knowing beyond the stock answer of, well, we've worked with Verizon for 10 and 20 years. We value our relationship. We've worked closely with them on 5G. I would yeah, love look, to know the, the nuts and bolts of the actual deal. You know? Exactly. It, but but as I said, like OnePlus has a relationship with both Timo and Verizon now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's historical precedent with Moto, but... It's not incompatible, right? And LG, look at LG. The V60, is, is is it now available unlocked finally? Because I didn't think it was. I cannot say. I've been sort of criminally negligent when it comes to the V60. We, you know, Everybody we were just is. Talking, we hear yeah. V60, we roll our eyes, turn our heads away, and <laughs> lower them in shame and walk away like into the hedge. Here's the crazy thing. Can I, I don't want to talk about the V60, but I have to say I was shooting it for this video. I do want to get around to it because it is on paper and in the hand in many ways a really good phone. But I, it, putting it next to the Moto and the Samsung, the S20 Ultra, whatever Samsung it was, for this video I just shot, I, I literally laughed. It's a chonker. It's, it, it, it's not just big. It's just... There, there was no concession given to any kind of aesthetic no. value. Like it is an ugly. It is the ugliest phone I've held. The original in a long time. V30, which is this industrial design taking to the extreme, was a much more attractive phone. Yes, I don't know Absolutely. how they messed it up over time. It's like it's like it got fat. You know what I'm saying? Like literally. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's uh, what's going to happen to me after this quarantine phase passes? <laughs> be all puffy. But um, no, I, I, you know, and and looks aren't everything. But I think there's this narrative I've been fighting sort of on Twitter this week, where's that that this counter narrative that looks aren't anything. You know, people are like, it, some guy today was like, it's it's tech, it's not a fashion show, and I'm like, you're you're actually wrong. I mean, people who don't care about their cars or who don't own cars or who want other status symbols besides their cars, they buy phones based on status, based on looks. They are very much fashion symbols, uh, almost yeah. as much as they are pieces of technology. So I really look forward to LG um, ever starting to realize that again, because it used to. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the Velvet, which I think is really what this is about, because I have a lot of hope for the Velvet's design to really be a new phase for LG. Hopefully more than one where they're in bed with carriers because that's their biggest, I think, as I wrote in my review of the V60, their biggest problem right now is that they're making phones for the carriers. I bet you they came to the carriers when they designed the LG V60 saying, we have a triple camera system with a telephoto, a wide angle, and a main. And Verizon or somebody went, uh, uh, excuse me, um, can you take that telephoto out? It costs $50. <laughs> like it's probably not 50 but you know what i'm saying like right right because yeah and and they, and they probably said well you know lg engineers were like mm, okay it's a big sensor we can probably do two or three x okay with the big sensor and they're right i was actually pretty impressed how good the the zoom digital zoom is on that phone but it's not it still doesn't hit that's a big checkbox you're now removing right, right. from something that is expected in in a, in a flagship even though this is an affordable flagship and it's the same with the OnePlus 8. I cannot believe, not the Pro, the 8. Like, I cannot believe they removed, like, they basically went from a 7T camera system, which was, yeah, but at least it checked the boxes properly and the macro was done by the ultra-wide mm-hmm. to, like, this separate macro that completely sucks when that ultra-wide could do macro just fine and then remove the telephoto. As flawed <laughs> as the telephoto was on the 7T, it was still a real telephoto. 
Yeah, the, the OnePlus 8 is a very confusing product. Oh. Uh, the cameras are just a little piece of that. Yeah, I, I love because it's crazy because I really came to adore the 7T. And Me too. I, I find myself still recommending that over the and, 8. And at this point, I'm just like, I've kind of written off the 8. I know a lot of yeah. people are going to buy it and like it. And I think it's a pretty solid phone no matter sure. what. But I think for me, it's like the 8 Pro really finally realizes the dream of what we wanted from OnePlus. Mm-hmm. Price, of course, is going to be affected, but... Ah, look at us. We're completely segueing away from the Edge Plus like we did with Daniel last week. That's okay, <laughs> though, because already. that's what we do on this podcast. That's right. This podcast is therapeutic. We express our feelings. Yes. We just yes. have through our waves of crippling anxiety that our microphone is m- malfunctioning. But that's why we have backups. It's okay. You'll be okay. You sound good here. So it's yeah. fine. So I think, look, the Edge Plus for me, you know, going back to this carrier exclusive thing, I... You know how frustrating it was for me, Michael, when I was in Portland reviewing this. I just got back to SF. Hmm. But when I was up there, I have 5G on Timo and AT&T low band with five bars. It's gorgeous. I get 115 megabits down on all the phones I've tested, like the Galaxy S20 unlocked that I have, the V60, which is an AT&T phone. Of course, it doesn't do the Timo, but it does the AT&T really nicely. Mm-hmm. My OnePlus 8 Pro does the Timo the beautifully. doesn't do the AT&T, strangely, by the way. I haven't found any hard evidence, any writing out there that proves or disproves whether the 8 and 8 Pro unlocked can do AT&T low band because my tests show that it can't. Yeah, what I was going to say was uh, the last time I, I can't remember the last time I used an AT&T device, I feel like I, they've, they've been strangely silent. Of course, their 5G build out is, is, is behind their... F- I mean, honestly, it's on par with, like not, it's not as extensive as Timo's, but it's in terms of performance on par with it. What, their low band stuff? They're low band stuff. Yeah. 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 It's well, pretty that's, solid. That's good. I haven't, it's weird. I haven't... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, uh, car- how are your carrier relationships? Because I feel like um, I don't want. Um, I won't go into detail. I'm, I'm not going to shame anybody. But I, I just broadly, I feel like carriers are not very interested in um, talking to me, with one exception, which uh, which is next Verizon. No, oh, R.I.P. <laughs> I just had to go there. Wait, that's T-Mobile now, technically. Uh, it is. Yeah, Sprint, <laughs> Sprint, Sprint Mobile. <laughs> Um, Sprint Mobile. The did you know there was a Florida company that that like tried to resurrect the Nextel trademark? I did not. Yeah, like a year ago, a Florida company was like, "We're gonna bring back Nextel walkie talkies," and I guess they didn't <laughs> bother to to try and license it from Sprint, so Sprint sued them. <laughs> oh, of course they did. <laughs> oh, great times. But anyway, I I just feel like um, uh, I, I I can't I can't get a lot of answers from carriers unless they're Verizon and that's been handy for me because I have I have been able to use Verizon's 5G on this device yeah you have it yeah so like have you not at all no so okay. let's get to that in a second but I want to finish yeah. that thought you were just having which was about carrier relationships I think for me oh, yeah. I-, I have relations to all of them but I've noticed a big shift in the last few years where they don't really care about supplying devices anymore oh sure it's really hard to get them to supply one yeah, And for me, that's a good secondary channel, you know, like for yeah. those small publications, we don't always get the device from Samsung or whatever right away. Sometimes we have to wait a little bit. And I've had T-Mobile and Verizon and AT&T save me multiple times in the past on oh, this, yeah. you know. Used to be AT&T for me. They would be my, my back door. Like AT&T was the reason I got devices for the longest time in my early days at Pocket Now. But it was, uh, it's been harder lately. I feel like they don't, like, they don't seem to have them or want to give them out or whatever. 
Well, there's been a shift, right? As 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 like influencer marketing has become a bigger and bigger thing. Um, you, you know, but we you just surely had, are an influencer, Michael. I am not. I am a reluctant influencer. I'm an influencer on the side. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm saying like you probably in the, fall in that category. Well, you know, it's just weird because you have this strange dichotomy that didn't exist before. Before it would like 2012. You call up a carrier and they're like, yeah, we've got some of these Galaxy Note 1s or whatever. Yeah, you can take it for a spin. Just drop AT&T's name or something like that. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Uh, whereas today, you know, whatever, I'll just say it. Uh, I'm like, hey, T-Mobile, T-Mobile PR, great to talk to you again. Can you just confirm one tiny detail on one of your handsets for me? And they don't get back to me. But, um, you know, the marketing department is very happy to, to work with so someone to give them 10 phones to give away and an Instagram giveaway. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I feel like that that entire influencer segment didn't exist before. So the resources were not as constrained. Yeah. And now it's, right. you know, it's totally different. landscape. It's very weird. But so, so the frustration I was experiencing when I was in Portland was that here I am with all the 5G low band I can eat, literally mm -hmm. like it's I'm bathing in it. It's giving me <laughs> coronavirus as I speak. Right. Oof. As we know. Um, right. Please, Science. please, please don't for a second believe that I believe that because it's such S BS. Slash S. Yeah. Yeah, right. But the point is, I'm in the middle of it and um, I can't test Verizon because there is no millimeter wave in either Portland or ISF. But worse yet, I have this phone in my hand that is perfectly capable on paper, has the specs to do low band 5G on Timor and AT&T. But because it's locked to Verizon, I tried putting a SIM in there. It is locked. I can't use it. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is my biggest beef. It's like this carrier exclusive with Verizon on the Edge Plus is really destroying the mood because it's like, you know, I mean, it's one thing like we talked about this whole, like maybe they had to do it because it's the only way they can be relevant and the only way they can have a relationship, you know, like I don't even know why I brought up HTC earlier, but HTC is completely irrelevant now. But for a brief time, HTC was in that same boat as LG and Moto are now where the only way they could do anything in the U.S. was through the carriers, right? Mm -hmm. I always think that's kind of like the last step before you fall into your grave as a company. Yeah. So I hope that that's not going to be the case. Oh, but what, what's nice, though, is that like I feel like with a company like HTC, to a certain extent, they were out of ideas by the time they fell apart. Like I think the, 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 that's true. the end of the road for them, or when it became evident to me that they were in trouble, was when they kicked out that transparent iPhone knockoff, the HTC One A9, I think is what it was. That's right. Um, and I was like, uh-oh, this isn't uh -oh. good. Whereas with Motorola, like, yeah, you, you know, say what you will about their, the Moto G or the Moto One series, they're all rather derivative now and sort of unremarkable. But this is still the company that has, that, that put out the Razer. Yeah, no, you said that in your video. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it, it didn't pan out to be a great product, but at least like it's an immense bit of innovation. It's nice to see that that institutional creativity still exists there, despite yeah, Lenovo. and they ownership. have all the chops when it comes to radios, which is why I totally yeah. understand why Verizon would want to partner with them because they're stuck with millimeter wave. Like I am not mad at Verizon for having poor coverage because I understand that they couldn't get their hands on the spectrum they needed to develop low band 5g first and so right. their my biggest problem with them is how they're marketing this rah 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 millimeter wave 5g when it objectively sucks <laughs> it like most people in this country cannot get it 
And even like you said, you had to go down the block to get it. Like so, you're in the area and you still had to walk a block to get it. I'm not even in the area. I, I'm looking at windows right now where I can see the cell site. If I lean over, I can see the node. Um, but oh, I can't. you're so full of COVID-19 then. <laughs> oh, completely. This is why I got <laughs> sick. No, so, but, but I do. I have to walk outside because the windows block it. But here's the thing. I feel like I've... I am here for if if there's a bashing on millimeter wave party, I better be the first invitation because I that's all I ever do. But I know, me too. This, it's terrible. Well, it is terrible. But this opportunity, this review gave me the opportunity to actually derive some benefit from it because the five G like marketing machine got spun up way too early. I feel like that's the problem. If they had waited until but that's they'd... also Moto and Verizon's fault. Remember, we were it there. Is. No, I know, but I uh, like we were the there for freaking Moto and- mod. It's like a surfboard with five G. I know, I know. For I know, mice, if they had, <laughs> they can surf. Yeah, yeah, for rats. Wee. If they had waited until the network was built a little bit better, it would have been more. It it, it would have worked out more to their benefit because we were doing those five G tests when like the Google Play Store would still throttle app installs. So we'd <laughs> be trying to do these side by side download tests, and they'd be like, "Okay, make sure you get that from the Samsung." app gallery or whatever the galaxy <laughs> app hilarious. store i'm like wait why oh because that doesn't throttle the downloads anyway just the other day i'm filming this review i'm like let me download world of warships because it's what i love playing i saw that it's such I'm a great game or not great great 1.5 uh-huh. gigs not throttled on the play store three and a half minutes and 4g lte two one and a half minutes on on 5g and i'm like you know what i'm excited i'm excited that i finally got to use it for something practical Granted, I had to walk down the block to do it, and it's a thing you're not going to have to do that often. But I was just so happy and grateful that I just didn't have to complain for once, <laughs> you know. For once, Michael. For once. For once. No, I I hear you, and that's what's so frustrating to me. Is like here I am, access to two large cities, one medium size and one large city, Portland and San Francisco, and I can't get my hands on any millimeter wave whatsoever. And there's no low band on 5G Verizon. Mm-hmm. You know, if either of these things were true. Uh, like to some extent, I'd be like, okay, yeah, maybe this Verizon exclusive is not so bad. But then there's the bloatware that comes with it and the marketing BS. Oh, it's like, man. why is Disney Plus on this? Ugh. Why is the Apple Music on this? Like, Ugh. I I don't understand. Like, why is Netflix pre-installed? I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody wants Netflix on their phone. But like, sure. like come on. Like, and then seven games? Like, <laughs> what? and they're not good games, you know, arguably. So I'm like, I don't understand. We like, always talk about the, the apps that are bundled. but there's I mean, the, who uses Verizon Messages? That's what I'm talking who about. Does? This duplication of features. This like, oh, make sure you get Verizon. And this is when you've unboxed the phone. You have a brand new phone in your hand. You fire it up. And Google's like, hey, I'm an Android phone. So here's all these things that I do pretty well in terms of the cloud. And then just Verizon comes over and shoulders them aside with these pop-up screens. Like, make sure you're using Verizon data, whatever, and Verizon cloud something or other. And you try and cancel it. It's like, are you sure? Because your Verizon cloud features won't work. And, you know. It's like 2010 uh, called and they want a couple of things back. Phone exclusives. They want those back. Mm -hmm. And they also want their stupid apps from stupid carriers back. 100%. (laughs) I mean, come on. Like, I felt like I was... uh, you know, like unboxing an original Moto Droid that had like all of the Verizon <laughs> blue. Actually, I would argue that if you were to find a Moto Droid new in the box right now, it would have less bloatware from Verizon on it yes. than the than the Edge Plus. Now that being said, I have heard that we one of my principal complaints about millimeter wave five G is that the up the uplink is still using LTE. 
Oh, they still haven't fixed that? Uh, no, but I have heard <laughs> that we will be getting that uplink very soon on 5G. And that's dun, important dun, for me dun. and it's important for you because we, when we're working, when we're allowed to travel back, you know, in the future, when we're allowed to travel again. Do you remember airplanes, Michael? Oh, I miss airplanes so much. I, no oh. joke, watched one fly over my head today and I was so pleased. Just to I see. have to remind myself that we were technologically advanced enough at one point to fly, <laughs> to fly in these the aluminum air. tubes <laughs> at close to the speed of sound. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like we'll never be able to do that again because we lost, we don't know how to, they're all parked now. We don't know how to use them anymore. That's right. We forgot. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it, when, when that lands, I will be very excited for 5G uplink so I can upload massive videos to youtube.com um because yeah. that's what we do isn't it it's fun like it's lo- it's lovely when you see your upload going like you know oh. in five minutes like an exactly. entire 10 minute video goes back even less than that sometimes i have a gigabit connection up in portland it's symmetric and when i upload to youtube it's ridiculous it's like <laughs> i turn my head around i come back it's done <laughs> Michael Josh uh, Villanueva of Gadget Match was just bragging to me about his uh, symmetrical uh, Verizon Fios connection here in the city, it's which sweet. I don't have, and I'm very jealous. Yeah, I'm on stuck on cable down here in SF. It's not bad, but it's not great. Same. So the, we've talked about the whole exclusive bloatware, millimeter wave issues, and I mean, and in, and that's the other thing, right? I keep thinking to myself, if this phone didn't have millimeter wave, like the OnePlus Eight and 8 Pro, I mean, unless you buy the OnePlus 8 for Verizon, again, $100 more, you pay the extra. Mm. I call it the millimeter wave tax on Verizon. Yep. You pay extra for the service, you pay extra for the phones, like the V60 is $50 more, uh, at least it was when it launched, and then now the OnePlus 8 is $100 more for the same amount of RAM and storage because it has a millimeter wave, and who knows, I don't actually believe, I think that Samsung finally gave Verizon the finger about the S20 with millimeter wave, the base one. Because it still hasn't shipped. Oh. It makes you scratch know. your head, right? Maybe they don't need it. Maybe maybe they decided, you know what? This is too much work. Screw you, Verizon. Because <laughs> if there's one phone manufacturer that can get away with telling any carrier in the US to go screw themselves, it's it's Samsung, right? Well, or it's, yeah, it's Apple and Samsung. Yeah. Yeah, Apple too. But maybe, I'm thinking maybe, maybe not, we're not going to see the S20 millimeter wave. It's just too much work for Samsung. And they're like, forget it. But I mean, the point is that I pick, I call it the millimeter wave tax. That's what I said in my review. And because it's so true, it's like this phone, right? This, this Edge Plus could be $900 or $850 on T-Mobile right now. Sure. Because it would need millimeter wave and we, or, or we could be $1,000 and we'd get a quad HD display instead. You know, I wouldn't mind. I, there's not much that Motorola could change on this thing. No, it's good. That it's, would make me happy. Like it's some. That's my problem. The, the mistakes are not components. The mistakes are these fundamental marketing. Weird. Well, market in terms of shipping units, that's the the mistake. But just in terms of usability, like right. I really like this phone. They did a good job on it. When I took I it like out of the it box, too. I think it's gorgeous. I was pleasantly surprised because it's just even in photos. I was in the. I was sick when you guys were all in Chicago yeah. and I missed the, the briefing. So I saw the photos come back from it. I'm like, oh, okay. So Motorola made like a Galaxy S7 Edge. I don't really care about that. That's really boring. <laughs> but then I took this thing out of the box and it has that, that oh, awesome yeah. Motorola heft. And it's got these slabs top and bottom. And it's one of those phones brick, that you right? can throw out your worst enemy and kill them with. <laughs> yeah. And it'll get scuffed up all to hell, but it'll probably hold up. But um, actually, I've heard of one, one review device that got shattered already. Um, but sad. The, the thing is, like, every time I pick it up, 
I'm simultaneously in love with it and also immensely frustrated by it because my thumb and fingertips are hitting those edges, giving right. me false inputs, and there's it's just the worst. Are you getting that too? Yeah. Tell me about those edges, Michael. Yeah. So you Come know on. the swipe down on the home screen thing when you get the notification shortcut? Uh-huh. They, uh-huh. You get ready to see your notifications all the time. Because anytime the screen is unlocked and your fingers just graze the sides of the screen, <laughs> yes. your notification shade will deploy. And I have to say that compared whoa. to a lot of the reviews I read this morning, I haven't had too many false edge detection issues. Like it hasn't been, honestly, it's no worse than the Mate 30 Pro, which is no worse than the less less curved edged devices. Ah, um, it's really? there. It's definitely there. It's frustrating, but I, I it hasn't been that big of a deal breaker to me. My biggest issue with the curved screen, the extreme curved screen, it's the same as the Mate 30 Pro, is that when I use the camera, I can't frame a photo properly. Like I shot something this morning on my walk to the coffee shop and I realized when I saw the photo at the end, when I was done, oh, there's a pole at the very edge of my photo because I couldn't see that pole because it was on the edge part of the camera. Now, may I ask you, why didn't you just double tap the tab to shrink the viewfinder? Because the camera app doesn't support that feature, which by the way is a wonderful feature. Jeez, what a great feature. And then you disable it in the camera. Uh, In the place where you need it the most. Where you need it the most and where you need it the second most in the home screen as well. In the home screen, yeah. Yeah. Now, wait a second. You're not even getting phantom zooming on your device when you're in the camera view? Oh, I am getting phantom zooming. Okay, so you are. Oh, and then here's the boneheaded thing. Have you tried zooming on that phone by... You know, sliding the little 3X button up and down like you Mm -hmm. would do on any other phone nowadays. Doesn't work. You got to tap it. You can't. You have to like, so you have to select the, (laughs) the, you can quick select by pressing on the, you know, tele normal 3X or you have to like pinch to zoom somewhere. Pinch to zoom. And then good luck getting exactly uh, 5X. Like, you know how some phones like the the Huawei's are really good at this. There's like a little thunk when you get to like the detents at certain points yep like i want 5x and i want 10x at least as a detent please yes like i don't care or th- or if you have a camera that doesn't have a telephoto like um you know give me a 2x and a 3x you know and put the zoom controls near the shutter button too don't put them across the screen so i have to use another hand. oh my god yes oh no did you notice it's even worse that if you select the ultra wide everything pops up one notch oh, so now really? the regular and the zoom are one oh, yeah like a less accessible. Yep. Yeah. Like this is a two-handed phone under pretty much all circumstances. And even then. And you will drop it because of it. Oh, yeah. You're going to definitely drop it. And so I would say this phone needs a case so bad, which I think you said in your review. Yep. Also like, oh, my God, the thing the, when you uh, touch on, on it, the desk. I didn't say that in my review. I forgot. But <sighs> it is so annoying. It's the most annoying phone I've used this year. This is the crazy thing to me. Your Motorola, you made Moto Display the world's best always on display solution which you use 90% of the time when it's laying on a table so you can preview a message. And every time you touch this phone when it's laying on a table, it's like you're unhitching a trailer from a semi-truck. I think it just rattles around. It's this clunky sound, like clunk, 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 clunk. Man, (laughs) come on, guys. It's like, it's it's almost there. And then the the 5% that's wrong is the most annoying uh, a 5% error could ever be. It's only the details, right? Yeah. I actually think aesthetically this phone is really good looking. Like I oh, yeah. like the way they took the iPhone 11 Pro rear camera and then like made the square rectangle and squished them all in a row. Mm-hmm. But you still have the distinctive round little lens things, right? Mm-hmm. I think that looks attractive. Also makes the camera bump less 
obvious because it's a pretty decently large bump. Oh, yeah. And the phone itself is already 9.6 millimeters thick. It's a pretty chunky phone. Mm-hmm. But it feels less chunky because it's so narrow. And <sighs> I, and that's, and that's the, the kind of dichotomy here is that on one hand, it is narrow because of that edge screen that we're complaining about because it's too edgy. Uh, mm-hmm. What did I just say there? That was fine. <laughs> it's too edgy. Super edgy. <laughs> And it's like, it's edgy in this like marketing really good way, but in it's in this like usability nightmare way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that aspect ratio too. I mean, that was one of the things when I took it out of the box, it wasn't just the head. Why not make the screen 21 to nine from the get go? Well, it is right. Oh, you mean like a, fl- a flat, a well, flat? It's, it's technically 19.5 to nine. Oh. It's 21 to nine when you activate the, the mode. When you, when you count the, uh, yeah. Okay. And so, so actually it's interesting if you roll out the display into a flat surface. It's 19.5 to 9. So the, the actual resolution of the display matches that if you do the math. Oh, right. And then the, if you're looking at it straight on, the, the, like if you don't count the waterfalls as uh, like in the home screen when there's not the special mode, it's 20 to 9. Huh. And when you tap, double tap on the little pill, you, you get to 21 to 9. Okay. So yeah. what I'm saying is that they could have done a 21 to 9 display like Sony does yeah, and not have the waterfall edges and then the usability would have been much better. But here's the thing. Like, I get why they did the waterfall edges too. Like, I, it makes sense. It, you know, it looks cool. It looks cool. It, it's what people appear to want when you look at the sales figures. And I, I get why they did it. I just wish, you know, this is a company with a lot of, with a lot of expertise, and I think they get a lot of heat, uh, at least in my comments. I don't know about yours, but I can't post a Motorola video without some someone who thinks he's very smart oh, yeah. saying, um, garbage Chinese rebrand, not not real Motorola. And I'm like, you know, dude, um, I was just at I was just in Hawaii four months ago talking to three people from Motorola, all of whom have been there for longer than 20 years. And they're not marketing people, they're engineers, they're like product yeah. designers. Like that that knowledge, that that culture, that again, institutional expertise still exists there. You still have yep. a lot of smart people at Motorola, regardless of the, I, I know a lot of great talent was let go and that's that's sad, but there is still a lot of great talent there. It's just that the gaps I think start to show in a device like this. And if you are gonna release a device that, with a waterfall screen so that it can look great, I think you have to have the software expertise to be able to reject erroneous taps a lot better than this one does. It just doesn't. And I asked them, you know, are you guys going to tweak this? Because, you know, you know. They're like, what are you talking about, well, Michael? Everything's fine. These are not the know, droids you're looking for. Right. And a typical company would be like, <laughs> uh, would hide behind the whole like, oh, yeah, no, well, this is pre-production software. We're definitely going to work on that. I asked them and they were they were legit like, um, we don't have any modifications planned for palm rejection, but, uh, you know, we, we'll, we'll keep it in mind. I'm like, okay, well, thank you for being honest, but that sucks to hear. Right. And that's the thing, you know, like we love the software on this phone, right? Like, I mean, it's stock Android plus all the, like I called this in my review, I said they sprinkled the little moto magic on top of that with like all that cool edge stuff. I think that's a really good, it's the first time I've actually seen somebody take advantage of the edge feature in a way that wasn't obnoxious. I'm Samsung. (laughs) Right. Right. And and the, the little guide lights that you have when you do reverse wireless charging. Totally. And things like the, the moto actions and the moto, the moto display stuff. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, all of that is super good, but we also know this phone's not going to get zero updates on Verizon. Like, forget it. This phone is etched in stone. I hate to say this. Maybe we'll see security updates and very maybe in Android 11. 
if you're lucky. They promised Android 11. They're on the record. They say, look, we're going to bring Android 11 to it and and we're going to do bi-monthly security updates So for, for two years. Yeah, well, on the record, you know, oh, well, we couldn't do it because of coronavirus. We'll see. Eeyore, hello. Let's, let's keep an eye on it because I would, I, I, I really would like to, to see how their track record is in this new, because this is a new chapter for them, right? Razor was the start of a new chapter, and this is like the mainstream bolstering of it. Yeah, that. but remember, if if you don't have to rewind too far for the Moto Z launch with great fanfare and yeah. with the whole Verizon tie-in, mm-hmm. and we also felt the same way about these phones. You remember how thin the Moto Z was? Oh, the I Moto mean, Z was incredible. It was good and bad, right? Like there was some really incredibly cool things about how thin it was, yeah. and also some bad things. But overall, it was a really good phone. We really liked it, and look at what happened to it. Yep. I, you know what? But I will say this: they deserve credit. They stuck with it. Four no, generations did. of that phone. They gave. They promised us three years. They gave us a little more. I than mean, that. we got one last year with the Moto Z Four. Exactly. <laughs> I reviewed that. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean, look. I want to. I want to love them. And I think for those detractors, they say, "Oh, you know, it's now a Lenovo company. Blah blah blah. They're no longer." Well, look at Nokia. It's the same thing. HMD Global, right? Like it's they're Finnish on paper, but they're really a Chinese company. You know. Well, they're a Finnish company, but they're they've got a lot of like. Yeah, the, uh, HMD is a special case, right? It's, it's a special case, but it's kind of the, it's the same thing, right? They, I still think they make okay phones. Yeah. It's just that, you know, if Moto wasn't owned by Lenovo, in the same way, like, in the reason HTC disappeared from the phone market for all practical purposes is because they didn't have a parent company that was big enough to sustain that business. Right. If you look at LG, they sell enough washers and dryers and fridges and stoves and TVs and all the other crap they sell that they can sustain a losing battle, losing proposition of a mobile business. Same with Sony. Yep. And then you look at Moto. The only way Moto can still be relevant today as a brand is because Lenovo owns it. So... You know, yeah. and at the same time, as you said, they have an incredible amount of expertise. Like nobody does millimeter wave like Moto. Oh, radio stuff is, is like incredible. if you look like the trifecta of Qualcomm, Moto, and Verizon is what made a millimeter wave a reality. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm not gung ho on millimeter wave because I think it's just too you know too limited in its coverage yeah. right now, and it's also very early days of the implementation, so that's a reliable, successful technology. Mm-hmm. I think it's the future of mobile. There's no doubt in my mind that when we can get it down to a price point and to a size and a battery consumption level and a ubiquity level that it deserves, this thing is going to scream and kick serious ass. But we're not there. We're five, ten years from that. Yeah. And I also, I, I want to say, like, Lenovo deserves credit, too. Like Going back to the Razer, you know, the Razer relaunch reminded me that Lenovo had shown us that folding screen laptop a few months before that. Right. And those yep. two divisions worked for, to hear them tell it, they worked rather closely together on that because they they had to combine resources, combine knowledge and combine experience. So it's not like Lenovo is this talentless hack or this patent portfolio that you know, the holder there, they have a lot of expertise themselves. So I feel like it's still one of those given, given a bunch of kind of bad options, I'm glad that Lenovo was the one that bought Motorola because, um, I mean, yeah. you, when you go from Google owning you to anyone else owning you, I think it's going to be kind of a step down in a lot of ways. But I think under Lenovo, they haven't done as poorly as a lot of people seem to think. And they're they're making money again, too. Yeah. It's the same as the ThinkPad story. ThinkPads are yep. okay. Yep. Exactly. We all thought it was the end of the ThinkPad and IBM yeah. sold them. And no. Um, before we move on to other topics quickly, I want to talk about the camera. 
Mm-hmm. So, what's your take? You know, I think I went into it with with kind of low expectations, as most folks do. <laughs> so did I. Yeah, and then I, you know, I shot it. I shot with it alongside the Pixel and the S twenty Ultra, uh, the Pixel Four, and you know, I was not let down. Yeah, I mean, I, as I said in the review, I think. The Pixel 4 still wins on dynamic range. Samsung still has better zoom chops. Um, the night mode, it, Motorola actually won a couple night mode shots, which surprised me. It, it's it's way better than I expected. And if I could use the viewfinder without wanting to throw the phone because it's all those false taps, <laughs> I would, I'd like it a lot better. What about you? I think you're right. I feel like it's a very interesting implementation of that 108 megapixel sensor from Samsung. By the way, it's pretty much clear that it's the same sensor as that's in the Ultra mm-hmm. um, from Samsung, the Galaxy S20 Ultra. But I think that they did a different approach. They went for 4 to 1 pixel binning for 27 megapixel output to uh, instead of 9 to 1, which turned out okay, I think. I mean, 27 is overkill still. I would have liked them to see uh, maybe do 4 to 1 and then another 4 to 1. <laughs> kind of <laughs> dual stage 4 to 1 binning. So we went down to something like 27 divided by 4. Just for like extreme case, you know, like to get super low light performance. Right. Would have been an interesting little extra feature. But I love that they did 4 to 1 on the 25 megapixel front sensor. Oh, yeah. Um, because, I mean, it's still no pixel in terms of taking portraits and stuff, but it's way better than a OnePlus 8 Pro, for example. Or even the Oppo Find X2 Pro, which I have as well, and is going to be reviewed on hot hardware by me. I mean, the review is written. It just needs to be published. And and nice. it's interesting because those are sister phones, right? The OnePlus 8 Pro and the Oppo Find X2 yeah. Pro it's basically are, the same platform. They're yeah. almost identical, but the selfie cam on both of them is, very, I think, very compromised in terms of quality, primarily because of its aperture of f over 2.4. And but they're different. One is a 32 megapixel, the other one is 16. But neither of them is pixel binning. Now the 16, I can understand you can't really fix. You don't want yeah, to go down to four. Go to four yeah. But but the 32 would have made made a great eight megapixel output. And more importantly, Moto with the Edge Plus did exactly that. They are down to 6.2 megapixel by default on the front camera, and it pays off. Like you can see it. It looks really good. It looks good once you take it. I, I, I hate framing up the shot, though, because they're giving you the raw feed, and it looks like when you're framing up a yeah. selfie on that Motorola phone, you're just like, oh, my God. Oh, look at how many pores. I Oh, God. I know. They, they don't apply any processing to it. Yeah, but it's because you're seeing the raw 25 megapixel. Yeah. <laughs> pretty wow. much. I, I think it's, it's what I'm trying to say is that it's no pixel, but I feel like the end result, um, whether you use portrait mode or not, Came out, I think came out pretty solid. Yeah. Can I say though that I, I wish that they'd gone wide angle? I just I'm, yeah, I want to say this about every manufacturer because only Google, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, gives us wide angle selfie shooters, and that's all I want as someone yeah, who needs I mean, the everybody should have wide angle selfie shooters. Agreed. With I think what we all need is a selfie shooter that's wide angle with an f-stop of 1.9. Like maybe a 110 degree field of view, a stop of 1.9, you know, like a 12 megapixel large pixel sensor, or maybe something you can quad bin down to 10 megapixel, maybe 40 megapixel. And then autofocus. Yes. And OIS. Yeah, that's, that's. Well, HTC 10, right? That was yeah, a lot but, of but that. Yeah, but like, that's a long time ago. Like <laughs> no. today's progress in sensors. Yeah. And lenses. That would because, be you know, the Z stacks. You know, the thickness of our lens systems now, like the six lens, seven lens, eight lenses we have in our phones have gotten really thin, mm-hmm. which is amazing because our sensors have gotten way bigger. So, 
you, you need to reach the corners of that sensor with that light somehow, right? Right. And normally the way you do that is you put the lens further away from the sensor. But in a thin phone, you can't do that. So it's actually pretty impressive what we're managing to do these days. Like considering the size of that 100 mega, 108 megapixel sensor, like the physical surface area of that sensor, mm-hmm. I don't think the Edge Plus is a very thick phone. Like it's pretty, no. it's pretty good. Like. If you factor in the battery life too, which we'll yeah. talk about, but I mean, yeah, no, it, it's, it, it, I, I don't think I ever wanted this phone to be any thinner anyway, either, because no, it just, no. it handles perfectly the way it is. It feels really good in hand because of its girth. Yep. Uh, it's not too heavy. I mean, it's 200 grams, roughly the same as all the heavier, bigger phones, mm-hmm. uh, but without the width issues. And uh, yeah, I think the cameras are pretty competitive. I think I'd put them up there with a OnePlus 8 Pro and that's not a bad thing. But it's not a Pixel, it's not an iPhone 11, it's not, you know, a Galaxy S20 Ultra in terms of zoom. But battery life has been fantastic because for me, it's been 4G LTE all the way. I'm getting like two (laughs) days all day long or all week long. Yeah. No, I mean, I I just punished the thing and I I did mobile hotspot. I did a bunch of 5G speed tests. I, you know, just recklessly used it. And I still got something like 28 hours with with eight of those hours spent with the screen on, you know, on one charge. I mean, it's just just a beast. Yeah, I got 15 hours and 36 minutes on the PC Mark battery test. Nice. That's kind of, like, I was like, are you done yet? Like, I need to put this in the <laughs> right. spreadsheet. Are you done yet? I need these I, results. I kept looking over, are you, are you done? Are you done? I need to freaking publish this thing. That was like last night. I was like, oh my God. Um, but anyway, uh, let's move to maybe some other subject. I mean, look, we could talk about this all day. The, the yeah. takeaway is... Moto made a gorgeous, really good phone that ticks a lot of the big pillars, but this Verizon exclusive, the millimeter wave tax, the bloatware, and the little details, like the problems with the edge display, the the fact that it's so clunky when you touch it on a level surface, the, I mean, you can continue the sentence here because I can't remember anything else now. Yeah, it's those stupid little things. And then you, yeah. you look at that price and you just said it, the OnePlus 8 Pro is sitting there, you can use it on any carrier. Yeah, it doesn't have millimeter whatever, who cares? And it comes in the box with a case that sol- would solve the rocking problem on this phone, but that phone doesn't have it, so who cares? And otherwise it's, you know, the, the differences are trivial. Oh, and also you can get yeah. fast wireless charging with that too, and faster yeah. wired charging. I know. And that's $100 cheaper. I mean, the OnePlus 8 Pro, even though it's no longer in the OnePlus pricing world, mm-hmm. I don't care because it's, it's it's a big it's a big f u to every other manufacturer, including Samsung. It right still now. is. That's that's the crazy part. They were able to do it two hundred thirty dollars job. It is going to be my daily driver now. I've decided. That's yeah. it. Like, it's got everything I want, Michael. It's got cameras that are decent. It's got wireless charging. It's got IP resistance now. Mm-hmm. It has. Oh yeah, another thing the Moto doesn't. Oh, have. it has five G on T Mobile. Oh yep. Hey, everything I need. You know what? It doesn't have a folding screen though, so it's not a contender for I'm this guy. Sorry. Yes. Well, okay. So let's talk about the other thing really quickly, briefly. We'll point people to your video. I have a review in it. It arrived yesterday. I haven't had a chance to play with it yet. The Pixel Buds from Ooh, Google. Yes. I'm holding mine right now. It's, it's, I have my delightful leather-covered egg. It's just yes. wonderful. Yeah, it feels really nice, doesn't it, the little egg? Oh, it so does. Like, it almost doesn't need a case on it. I have this case because Nomad sent me sent me a couple samples after I said on Twitter, oh, that looks good. And yes, it's beautiful. But even without the case, this thing is just a, just a little treasure. Andrew Martinick and I were saying it's the case is almost better than the buds. Did you see Becca's video on The Verge? 
Uh, I did. I saw the first like quarter of it because I was doing something else. And what an endearing video. She yeah. is amazing. Uh, but her opening and closing, it click, click, click. Yes. It's such a satisfying feeling. Oh, it's feeling. so addictive. And you know what? That, that I feel like that's... Um, that's an it's not talked about enough because we've sort of come to this come to live in this world where the case is ancillary to the earbuds experience which is as it should be but you have people like samsung putting out cases with bigger batteries yes but they're these big unattractive tylenol looking things and then the apple suitcase looking thing that's kind of gross and earin with its weirdo uh, lipstick like case this thing is the pixel buds case is the perfect shape and size and people think it's too big, but you can fit this in a coin pocket. I love that about them. I, I really think the case is more exciting than the buds themselves. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that uh, I need to try them out to get my opinion. But from watching your video and others, um, it feels like finally Google did something okay in terms of earbuds. Mm -hmm. Because the first buds were terrible. We all kind yeah, of complained about them. Not a high bar. And my, my big question here, because I haven't listened to them yet, is sound quality. So I'm going to let you folks know next podcast. I'm going to have an unboxing video by then. And, uh, you know, I think... I'm I'm feeling very gung-ho and positive. I mean, I like this idea that the Google Assistant is constantly there for you in your ear exactly. at all times. And I think that's what the selling point is here, right? It is. People don't get that distinction because, and look, I didn't get that distinction before I used them, but you see all these headphones now with Google Assistant integration and it's all in the box and it's great. But with most of those, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have to, yeah. hit, you have to hit a button on the ear cup to activate it. Right, or yeah, you have to correct. hit it on your phone. Actually, it or you have to talk to your phone and say, you know, the the keyword, which I'm not going to say right now, and mm -hmm. your phone will microphone will pick that up, and then the conversation will happen through your earbuds. Right, you know what but I'm but your phone mic still is the active partner in that like in that in that situation, right? It's like if you have your phone in a backpack, say, but you're wearing your earbuds. You're not going to be able to reliably trigger them with that OKG because the phone no, is away. No, you won't. Yeah, you won't because it's in your pocket and it's the muffled and it doesn't pick it up. And then your right. your, your home uh, speaker picks it up instead. Yeah, and like you know. Yeah. Whereas with this, it's really reliable. It's like you know, I get the feeling that that integration's done very well. It so, is. It is. And so it, even it, if you're in the room with your home speaker, it goes. Oh, I'm I'm on the I'm on the Pixel Buds. I'm gonna. I'm going to do that, right? Yeah, that part works about as well as having multiple Google So it's Google still wonky a wonky there? It's a, it's a, yeah. That, Th but there's that context that I wish Google like worked on more, like better. Me too. Me too. But, but it's nice to be out and about and, you know, not have to pull my phone out to adjust the volume and just say, okay, gee, volume up. You know, if my hands are full and I don't want to do the swipe thing on the bud. Yeah. Or ask it a question, like just being able to talk to the assistant like you're carrying a Google Home around your neck is is awesome people say well mm -hmm. it's on my phone so why do i need that well when you are using your hands for other things if, it's very yeah if you're like riding your bicycle like becca was in her video mm -hmm. like exactly it worked even with the wind noise which is kind of amazing oh, and the crazy thing to me is being able to have a conversation even when you have a mask on yeah because you have these accelerometer microphones which apparently renee ritchie tells me the airpods pro have as well yeah, there's a lot of earbuds today that use your bone conduction, um, mm. either through accelerometers or through piezo mics. Piezo mics are basically vibration mics. They don't they don't have a diaphragm. They rely on the surface that they're touching as a diaphragm. Ah. So in this game, they rely on your bone to conduct the sound. And if you put like, I love piezo mics because they're used in music a lot, like sound recording, like recording a bass drum. Just put the piezo mic on the drum itself, oh. and and it it's a super thunky bass because it's. There's no interference from the air, yeah, right? It's, it's just like you're picking up the vibration of the material. It's really cool. 
Um, you can turn any window into a great microphone. A glass has a really interesting uh, frequency response. You put a piezo mic on a window and the whole window becomes a microphone. <laughs> and that's why you can point a, point a laser listening device at a window and that pick up conversations correct. inside that room. Crazy stuff. Exactly. They're recording us right now. <laughs> you know, was I don't it, know who they are. But. Oh, well, I'll introduce you. They're, they're a fun bunch. Those people. Yeah. <laughs> You, this always, so, I, I, the science of that, before we get off of that, the science of that yeah. was always fascinating to me because you ever see those uh, space shuttle liftoff videos with the on the space shuttle uh, cameras, the, the onboard yeah. cameras? They They're had ones so cool. on, the, on the SRBs and after the boosters separated, I was just amazed because there was sound. And there sounded like, you know, they're like 150,000 feet or wherever the boosters separate. And I'm like, there's not enough air up there to conduct much sound. What am I hearing? And it was, it was the the steel casings of the boosters flexing and the microphones yep. picking that up. And I'm like, oh, of course. You don't need air. You just need to be in contact with the material. Totally, yeah. I mean, you know, all microphones have contact mm-hmm. conduction by contact, but piezos are designed for purely contact, not actually air impacting them, which is really interesting. That's fascinating. And basically, it's like, you know those piezo buzzers that beep, 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 when you like activate them, like on, think old quartz watches back in the day. Oh, yeah. You know, like that's basically the piezo buzzer. If you reverse that, instead of like feeding it electricity, you read what's coming out of it. It's going to be very low voltage. Mm-hmm. You, you basically, that's your piezo mic. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's like reversing. Uh, it's like um, I used to like make my own basically by buying these cheap buzzers at Radio Shack back in the nineties, <laughs> and uh, you know, awesome. like uh, because you know, for it's kind of fun recording sound using uh, piezo mics. It sounds different, and it in some cases it's an interesting, but it's very practical for. Um, this kind of application because you don't want to you don't want to hear the noise of the street or the air or the wind noise you want to hear the the jaw like you want to hear what's going through your ears so it tells you and lets you detect when you're talking but also lets you pick up some of that sound and clean the rest of the sound because you know what to remove and what to keep, right? Yeah. And so accelerometers basically are can be used for the same thing. It's a very different technology, but some accelerometers are actually using piezo technology. Um, I think that the most modern ones are MEMS-based, which is like basically tiny silicon chips that have mechanical bits embedded. Yeah, in them. I've seen those. Uh, don't they use MEMS chips for other applications as well? I've seen that. They use MEMS for everything now. They use MEMS for microphones. They use MEMS for all the... Uh, pretty much all accelerometers since the beginning of time on phones have been MEMS. Huh. And because they're so cheap to make now. And all car airbags triggers are MEMS now for at least the last 20 years. Whereas before that, they were actually physical spring-loaded like ball-bearing type deals where... You know, there was a contact in the spring compressed enough when the ball, heavy ball bearing moved because the car hit a wall, it would trigger the airbag. You know, oh, yeah. Pretty unreliable old tech back then. <laughs> can I ask you for a favor when you're reviewing the Pixel Buds? Can you check um, all your Qi chargers and tell me which ones it works on? Because I found them to be quite finicky. And I actually found the Moto Edge Plus to be quite finicky. It doesn't charge on a OnePlus charger, for example. It uh, definitely is. I think that the Edge Plus is finicky because the coil is mounted very low in the casing. I think that's probably what it is. That's um, probably what it is. But also the Pixel Buds will not charge off the back of the Moto Edge Plus, and they will not charge off the back of the OnePlus 8 Pro, but they will they charge off the watt? back. Uh, yeah, they will charge off the back of the S20 10 Ultra. What is uncommon for? I mean, five watt is a standard standard for Qi, so I'm surprised. Uh, also, it's their nine. battery can't be big enough. To, oh, it's nine. It's nine oh. on the back of the S20 Ultra, and I think that's the minimum threshold for the for the Pixel Buds. It seems to be. What's that called? That's not Qi. It's uh, extended power profile EPP. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
I will I will let you know. Please do. Yes. So I'll I'll also let you know and this is the audience what I think of the Pixel Buds soon. Uh moving on, I just want to quickly touch on a few of these news items. Uh Pixel 4A rumors, it clearly looks like this thing is coming out soon. It's really basically what I wanted to say. What's your take on that? I am I wish it was here already because the Pixel 3A has just been this it just it should have wrecked everything. Everyone should have bought a Pixel 3A and it got advertised pretty aggressively and I'm kind of confused why more people didn't buy it, but I guess it did okay. Do you know anything about the sales numbers on that? No, but I also feel that there is a bit of that amplification from us tech, you know, media slash influencers, mm-hmm. because we, we made it a bit of a darling. I'm not sure that reflected in actual sales. You know, I think it did better than the Pixel 3, though. It certainly it? did better. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, the Pixels, if you, but if you look at the Pixel numbers as a whole, <laughs> yeah. it's freaking peanuts. They're bad, yeah. You know, Apple sells more phones in a week than Google sells in a year or something like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't want to diminish, diminish it because I want Google to continue and persevere. The, I'm really su- super stoked about the 4A. I actually, if the, if the OnePlus 8 Pro hadn't mused me into, you know, the bling that it is because, oh my God, what a masterpiece that phone is. <laughs> I gave it a 4.9 out of 5, man, Woo. in my review on Geekspin. Yeah, I love it. So... <laughs> Um, I feel like I would probably switch because you know I'm still on three XL, right? Oh yeah, I did not yeah. know that because <laughs> I didn't switch to the four because I half my apps don't work with Face ID and I can't. Oh do it. yeah. So I'm actually would have switched to a four A because you know I don't really need anything more. Like my daily driver is not really my daily driver. It's the phone I use for my phone calls and my texts because I have a SIM in it. That's my main number. And I don't have use, I use Google Voice, but for different things. And then I have, you know, obviously all my banking apps and stuff like that. But for like, you know, checking my email, Instagram stuff, my review phone is usually whatever I use, for, you yeah. know, whatever it is at the time for that, right? Of course, so, yeah. I don't necessarily need a flagship as my main phone. And we can get distracted here with the iPhone SE. I have an iPhone SE. I bought one so that I can give it to Theo because they're on the old SE and they're dying for a new phone. And this thing, this is the best, going to be the best choice for oh, them. Oh, perfect. Right? Perfect. So I'm going to try it out first real quick. And I'm really stoked about what they're doing, except the display. Like it feels, I can't get around the 69 bezel madness, 750p, you know, yeah. resolution thing. Like, I get it. Like, for Apple, this is fine. And for most users, it's going to be great. But so I'm excited about the 4A being a modern looking phone with that Pixel camera and a headphone jack. That's what's going to do it for me. That Pixel camera, like, I am I like the A line for, for selfish reasons as well, just because, yeah, it's fun to watch it do what it does to the industry or doesn't do. And it's fun to talk about that. But man, just anyone who comes around and for whatever reason, they're like, look, I need a phone um, and either I, I want something that the iPhone doesn't offer or I don't want to buy an iPhone for whatever other reason um, because just that's the way in America, you know, we have a 50-50 split basically in, in platform dividing up the spoils between iOS and Android. So half the people come up to me and they're like, look, I want an Android phone. What should I get? And I'm like, well, do you care about the camera? About half of those people <laughs> say, yeah, I, I take a fair amount of pictures. I'm like, well, do you have a lot of money? And they're like, oh, not, not really. Okay, buy the Pixel 3a immediately. This is going to be a great phone for you, and it's going to be the best camera you can get for the money. And if the 4a, even if the 4a just keeps par with that reputation, it's going to be phenomenal. 
and I can't Absolutely, wait to because see that's it. the only thing that bugged me about the 3, it felt like an old phone because of its display, the fact that it had so much bezel and like, you know what I'm saying? And sure. can you imagine how the SE makes me feel? <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. But my point is that the only thing I, I'm, I know it's not going to happen is that it's probably going to be $400 as it is with the specs we know today, Snapdragon 730 or whatever. And, and, you know, headphone jack, probably no wireless charging, probably polycarbonate yeah. build. Although I feel the polycarb on the Pixel 3a, if they can re- replicate that, is one of the nice... It, it reminds me of the Nokias when they were machine yeah. polycarb, like really high quality polycarb. If you're going to do plastic, do it that way. Yep. I mean, it's it's brilliant. And I'm, I'm happy with that. And the rear fingerprint sensor, man, I miss my rear fingerprint sensors. I wish... Every modern flagship today, even if it did have an in-display sensor, still had another one under the glass in the back. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a, an actual separate piece. Like, make it in-display sensor, but put it in the back. It lights up. Oh, that would be cool. And, and, and make it so that there's maybe just a nub there. Like, you know, yeah, you know you're where to touch by feel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what we need. Uh, and that way we have choices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but anyway, because at that price point, why not? But the point is with this thing, I think all the things are there. But what I wish I here's in my ideal Pixel 4a world, everything is fine, everything is awesome, but 300 is what it should be, and yeah, and then make a 400 dollar version or 50 even, that's exactly the same with the Snapdragon 765 with low band 5G and wireless charging. That's it. Yeah, four fifty. I think the five hundred. I think the five G would be good for for maybe for a little bit of sales, even though there's not a lot of consumer excitement around it. Uh, I think it would be a favor to the carriers, really, right? Because that's exactly gonna, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, you make that five hundred dollar version. That's two hundred dollars more. It sounds like a lot, but it brings wireless charging, maybe some refinement in the the case design, and then has that better chip and maybe you know a more ram to spice it but up but that would complicate it you know i don't need two versions i just and want call one that the a. 4a xl i like, know but i just want one version of it i want to be I like agree. look this is the phone this is the record and i want wireless charging i'm sorry yeah, that's the I thing i charging too why like this is what i love about the sc it has freaking wireless charging for 400 bucks <laughs> yeah. why can't we find a 400 android phone with wireless charging i don't think that exists New. There's one out there, right? Isn't there one that no. does it at that price point? No. no. Like, think about it. All the great $400 Snapdragon 865 and 855 phones from last year and this year are all Chinese. They're all like K30 Pro from, you know, Redmi and K20 Pro last year. All those awesome phones are $450, $500, $400, and none of them have wireless charging. Hey, could always do uh, Moto Z4 with the uh, Qi uh, Motomot. Boom. Done. <laughs> Z4, come on. <laughs> JK. Like, that's a little old school. Yeah, I know you're kidding. I mean, look, anyway, I'm excited. But the point of this was just to let you, the audience, know this. It's, it's imminent at this point. Like, we're on the verge of this launch. Yep. Uh, and I'm super stoked. Me too. Let's see what else. Oh, yeah, our MacBooks. Well, I think I'm going to, I'm probably going to shelve that for another time yeah, because I might bug Rene Ritchie about that one. That is a good call. Because we've already discussed that one. And, but uh, quick, quick one liner. What, how do you feel about that? Would, if they made an ARM MacBook Air that wasn't sucky and that could run uh, Final Cut and, and render 4K video, because you know how the iPad Pro can do that. Yeah. 
very very quickly because of the custom silicon. Would you use that as a, a mobile computer? As a road machine, absolutely. Yeah. I would love to try that. Yes, because the MacBook Pro 19, as great as it is, is is a giant. It's a beast, machine. right? So yeah, I'd love yeah. to try that on an Air. Absolutely. So you're not against? Okay, I'm I'm kind of taking a statistical like uh, sampling from my creator friends because I feel like a lot of them, you know, obviously need that performance. Oh yeah. And I'm wondering like. If ARM can deliver that with custom silicon to the point where it's, if especially Apple, where it's highly optimized, if they come out with Final Cut Pro for ARM, compiled for ARM, I bet you that thing's going to scream. Yeah, you know, I'm just, I am so spoiled though, because it's not just about the power, the processing power of the MacBook Pro 19, but um, I mainly got it for that eight terabyte hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> I have eight so version. many old projects on this machine that I can just jump into because I need B-roll. I do all voiceover. Yeah, no, you know I, how it I is. I hear you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's a beast. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to happen with an yeah, for no. sure. I love this machine though. And then uh, let's talk about a couple of set of rumors and one plus Z. That's another thing I just want to kind of say it. There's some rumors of a release date and now it's looking like summer. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you feel about the OnePlus Z? I feel like there need to be more devices. Maybe this is the device that you were just, maybe this yeah, maybe could have a... been the device that you were just just wishing for, but for the rumors that we're seeing, we're not going to get any charging. of that, right? No wireless charging. Yeah, if the 8 doesn't have it, the Z won't. But 5G, yes. I mean, Dimensity, the, everything points out of Dimensity 800 or 1000, mm-hmm. which would be cheaper and support low band in the US, no problem. And if they can reuse some of the, you know, like Apple does with using a lot of iPhone 8 parts, if they can reuse a lot of OnePlus 6T or 7T parts, mm-hmm. I think it might work. It might work. It, it might. I think I would be a little worried because I don't know what, um, what MediaTek's reputation is in terms of their GPUs. I'm not well read up on it, and I know They've that'll affect the They've done pretty good lately. Like, honestly, like the P90 and the G9, they have a graphics version, like a... A gaming version of the that called the G90. Okay. Um, I mean, you should read Android Authority, actually, of all places. Hadley Simons covers MediaTek pretty extensively. He's kind of like the chip guy over at... Uh, Got it. In ML land. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> it's like, yeah, everybody knows ML's the only person at Android Authority, really. Oh, man. No, I'm just kidding. Ever since we've been doing quarantine, it's like the com- every other comment on our videos, isn't that the same room that the Android Authority guys uh, test in? I'm like, yes. Oh, yes, Jesus. we live yes. in the same we place. We live yes. together. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, get with the freaking program, Come people. On. Come on. You watch enough <laughs> of our videos. God damn it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that because I think that it's not necessarily going to be U.S. thing, but I hope it does come to the U.S. It would be a, I think it would be a shame, uh, at least unlocked. I think the carriers are not going to be on board on a 5G no. MediaTek chip. They're too much in bed with, with Qualcomm, but we'll see what happens. But here's something I think you're going to be more excited to talk about for five seconds Ooh. is the Fold 2 rumors. I forgot this was on the rundown. Yes. Hooray, foldables. I mean, you saw the rumors. It looks like a more polished version of the existing design, really. Like, is this just a render that people threw together, or is this actually what no, we expect? It's, you know, I'm what not, do you expect? I'm not great at evaluating leaks, but I will say that this is like this is an idealized version of of what we're hoping for. Uh, not in this particular story. These are just uh, these are just text leaks. But like, what is the number one thing everyone talks about when they talk about Galaxy Fold pain points besides screen durability? Which, of course, that's the thing. It's the small outer display. Fixing and that the problem? Bezel mm. madness that exists within. Yeah, I guess so. I have to say this. I love the notch. I think the Galaxy Fold is the most 
adorably asymmetrical manila it's very folder star display. trek it is very star trek and they're talking about replacing it with a hole punch on the inside i'm like come on hole punches are lame <sighs> you can always put like a plastic uh, bezel like glue it on the thing and <laughs> yeah. run custom software on your launcher michael okay uh, I, I, fair point fair point no but i mean in reality i would i would of course appreciate the little bit of extra acreage that that gives us but really i'm not worried about the inside display Worried about the outside display. I am a guy who often has a bag and or a camera or something. I only have a one hand sometimes, and that outside display on the existing fold is is too small. So I'm yeah. eager to see what what happens if they put a bigger one out there. Yeah, I hope that they bring the the folding glass or whatever, the fake glass or whatever. I mean, there's a controversy. I know it's not fake, but right, ultra thin. I think glass. that felt much better to the touch to me, and I think that I'd love to see that on the fold too. And I hope we get that. Uh, I'm not against the idea of less bezels and, and hole punch cameras, but you're right. It's going to be up to the front to really fix the small screen issues there because that's yeah. just a, such a showstopper right now. It It is. And, um, you know, it's a wonderful device, but I've, I've realized during this time at the, the shelter in place kind of thing, how much the Galaxy Fold is a get out and do things device. Like it's great at home. Don't get me wrong, but... I find that I get the most value it's from it. It's a productivity thing, well, right? Because at home, you don't care. You have like... Exactly. You have all your devices. Yeah. Right. And it, like, I, I find the Fold is most valuable when I'm in the back of a taxi or sitting on a plane or in a hotel when I don't want to go get my iPad out of the bag or I didn't bring the iPad because why would you? You have a Galaxy Fold. What is this plane thing you speak of? Oh, yeah. Sorry. The uh, the, the legendary Sky Bus. Uh, yeah, it's, oh. It's a... Something we made. We up. made this. Yeah, I don't was, remember. Wow, you know we've we've forgotten. <laughs> so sad. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Last thing I want to talk about really is the LG Velvet, which LG has been slowly leaking. And within the context of our previous conversation, from what I've seen so far, I like the industrial design, but it does look a lot like kind of like a Moto Edge or Edge Plus or any of the curved display phones that have come from the Chinese companies. Speaking of which, the Moto Edge Plus, like. If you didn't have that Moto logo in the back, my first gut feeling looking at it is like, so that's some cool Chinese phone. <laughs> yeah, true. And I feel that same way about the LG Velvet, which we know is Korean since it's LG. But I feel like they finally released the specs. They've really been leaking this thing to death for yeah. themselves, by themselves. And and the specs are exactly what I expect. Snapdragon, I want to see some Snapdragon 765 phones in the US. Like this 855, X55 expensive as hell combo is not doing it for me because I really don't think millimeter wave is that critical. And I think that the only relevant carrier for that is Verizon. So why not sell these phones to T-Mobile and AT&T or Unlocked with the 765 instead? And that's what this looks like is going to be. This thing was teased as this like revolution in aesthetics. And I was like, oh, and it's even got a cool name, Velvet. It evokes the chocolates of, of days past. But whereas, mm, yeah, but whereas the LG chocolates were truly were unlike anything else on the shelves, these sort of black monoliths that sometimes slid out, sometimes flipped out, but they were just, ooh, they were striking and no one else looked, had made a phone like that. Exactly. You know, the Velvet is relying on this raindrop arrangement of camera lenses and like cool colors of the casing. And I'm like, guys, this is nothing we haven't seen before. Yeah, is this finally LG catching up with the rest of the Jonesies right. in terms of design, which is lovely, which is great, because as we said earlier in the show, the V60 is very stale looking yeah. and feeling. 
Yeah. And so, specced. Okay, so, so you're right. That's the better, like, that's the more productive take. Like, at least that they're catching up on one of their product families in terms of aesthetics. I just can't help but thinking about the old LG of, not just the chocolate LG, the freaking LG G Flex era. This is a oh company that God, used to make yes. some impressive advancements. Do you remember how you could step on that phone? Yeah, you could curse. And it would flex, yeah. literally. You could um, cool. do that wrestling move where you jump up and land with your butt on it. And uh, <laughs> it was fine. But yeah, it, it, I just, I miss that LG. I don't think, I think it will come back. I just am tired of waiting for it to come back. Because we haven't seen what an LG foldable looks like yet. And I'm sure yeah. we will. And the biggest question about the Velvet right now is we don't even know if it's coming to the US. And based on the track record of all the phones we've seen in North America, sold through carriers or unlocked today none of them are 765 based yeah. not a single one which kind of blows my mind considering how much qualcomm went on and on about how you don't have to go 865 x55 unless you need millimeter wave and actually i believe the 765g can do millimeter wave but mm. i need don't quote me on that i need to check on that I, that would be a big hole in their lineup if it couldn't because then, you know, MediaTek might as well eat their lunch. Right. Because MediaTek can do, cannot do millimeter wave, and they can only do low band, but they can do it really well, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, um, we, we'll see if it comes to the States. I just, we'll I'm not waiting. We'll find out on May 7th. Yeah. Yeah, that's the date. We'll find out. That's going to be launched in Korea on May 7th. Okay. So there you go. Or announced. I don't know about launched. All right, well, I think, that's it. I just want to mention to the audience that I have a Xiaomi Mi 10 non-pro that I've been playing with, which also has a 108 megapixel sensor, the same sensor that's in, hmm. I mean, I think only there's only one, it's the, the sensor from Samsung that's in all the 108 megapixel cameras. So it's been interesting because I've been carrying it at the same time as the Edge Plus and taking similar photos with it. And uh, it's interesting to see the differences in processing by different, yeah. you know, software stacks i guess so i would say keep an eye on my instagram and or twitter for some photos folks of these uh taken with these phones and that's i think it for the show michael do you want to tell folks where they can find you on the internet your various social media handles and everything yeah absolutely i'm at the mr mobile t-h-e-m-r-m-o-b-i-l-e uh that's everywhere but youtube is where i make the content i'm proud of when i'm done complaining out loud on twitter uh, and I, you know, I, I'm actually pretty pleased about the, look, I'm, I'm really grateful to have a job at all. And I'm, I'm pleased that this, the current circumstances have resulted in some challenges, which have led to some new experiments. So I'm starting to cover things I did not ordinarily cover on the channel. I've dreamed up a couple new series and there's one coming up that uh, I can't wait to talk to you about after I start making the first couple episodes. I think you, Miriam, will, uh, appreciate it more than most. Um, Yay, it's I'm be fun. smiling as you speak. Yeah. That sounds great fun. Yay. So, yeah, uh, follow Michael on all the things and please watch his videos. Subscribe. If you haven't already, I will go and haunt you down, all of you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, you know where to find me on the internet, folks. I'm at Tankerl. That's T N K J R L, like the comic book character without the vowels. You drop the vowels and you get my handle on Twitter and Instagram. Go there. Talk to to me about the podcast on Twitter. Look at Instagram for pretty photos of phones and taken with phones, especially that Xiaomi Mi 10 108 megapixel and maybe the Edge. I should post some of the Edge photos now the embargo is lifted. Definitely. Yeah. And then uh, there's the YouTube channel, of course. If you don't know, it's uh, youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast. There's some unboxings, some reviews sometimes, mostly hands-on and unboxings. 
and it's kind of visual complement to the podcast. So you should subscribe, tell your friends, click the notification bell, comment in the description of the videos below. You know how to do. You know YouTube. <laughs> um, and then, and then if you landed on this podcast like randomly because Michael's on it or something. Please subscribe, mobiletechpodcast.com. We're on all the major platforms. That's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify, everywhere. If uh, you are, you know, able to, whatever platform you're using, please uh, rate the show or write a review. That would really help. And, uh, you know, tell your friends, subscribe, all that good stuff. Definitely subscribe. Uh, yeah. I do it. As I was saying at the top of the show, I listen to you every week. So thank you for running this show. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I watch all your videos. Thank you. Oh, look at us. <laughs> yes, I know. So much love. Um, I also want to thank Audible, our sponsor. So audible.com is where it's at for audiobooks. If you love books and you like reading, but maybe for whatever reason you can't read because, you know, I always use this example, but it's so true. Like those lovely folks from FedEx and UPS that deliver my review units all the time they've got to be paying attention to the road but you know they must be listening to podcasts and or audiobooks and if they are listening to audiobooks they, i hope they are listening to audible because really that's like the mothership of audiobooks uh they have so much selection a lot of the books are read by the authors which i think is really cool and you know they always have like a really cool soundscape in their in their books too I, there's so much good stuff there you should check it out and i want to thank them because they've been with us basically from the early days on and and helped us out if you want to support us there's a deal 30-day free trial and more importantly you get to keep one of the books at the end so consider that it's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech that's url audibletrial.com slash mobile tech it's also in the show notes and you can click through and again consider helping us every little bit helps so I want to thank Audible for their long-time support. And along the same lines, we have a donate link in the description below. I've been getting some donations. I appreciate it. Uh, if you want to help with the show, it you know, it'd be nice to get some support financially, especially in these difficult times to make the show happen every week. So consider that. Look in the show notes below for the link for donations. Yeah, these are the times to do that because, boy, it's it's uncertain. It's rough out here. there yeah. for everyone. Yeah. So if you have a little more than everyone right now, consider helping all of us creators in some way or another. And, uh, yeah, Michael, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Miriam, for having me. It is always a pleasure to nerd out with you, and I look forward to uh, doing it again soon. That was some serious nerding out like bosses, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it was. We'll, do it. we'll have even more to, to talk about next time. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. I'll definitely have you on again. And you know, folks, we'll have a show next week. So please stay tuned for that. And until then, stay mobile, my friends. But, but actually stay home. Yeah, be safe. Cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.